0: all right well good morning brothers and sisters really a good day today man first service was so sweet together and glad to be with you let me invite you to take your bibles this morning and go ahead and find your place in the gospel of john chapter 15 we we seem to land there a lot as a church as well those defining passages for us as a church and we're going to pull out a few truths from that this morning so around john 15 we'll start in verse 5 in just a minute But let me go ahead and get ahead of it and let you know what the rest of this service is going to look like. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, This is one of my favorite services of the year. We get to do this a couple times a year, and we call it our Go Prayer Service. And here's what that means. I'm going to share from God's Word for just a few minutes some truths out of John 15, and then we as a church family, we're going to take some time at the end. We're going to break up in groups, and we're going to pray together. Uh, We're going to specifically pray for people in our lives that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ by name. We're going to specifically pray that we would continue to grow in this burden to make Jesus known, to be sharing the gospel where we live, work, and play. And we're just going to pray for our church. And then we're going to take a little card and record some names on that little card. It's kind of been a pattern for us as a church over the past few years. So we're going to do that this morning and take some time to do that. So, let me just ask you, you may say, okay, Pastor Mike, why are we taking the time to do that this morning? And several reasons, but here's one of the most significant reasons, is we as a church family, people of God, we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is really good news. Thanks. We got one. I don't know where the rest of the 400 of you are. We got one and here's excited, so let me just remind you. What you witness today in baptism is a reminder of what the scripture says. When a person places faith in Jesus Christ, they go from death to life. If you're here and you've been born again by Jesus, you were dead and Jesus brought you to life. You were without a family and now you are a part of the family of God. You are adopted into the family of God and your father is King Jesus. The father, your your savior is Jesus. The spirit of God dwells inside of you. You have a purpose and a future and it's secure because of the righteousness of Jesus. Not your own goodness. Thank heavens, right? That's grace. So this gospel that we have to share that Jesus saves is really good news. So as a church this morning, we, we kind of began last week, we're in the middle of this thing called Church Defined. We're walking through some of these things that define us as a local church, Tri-Cities Church, Tri-Cities Baptist Church. And We're going we're gonna to wrap this up in just a few weeks from now. In September, we're going to start through 1 John. We're going to walk verse by verse through the letter of 1 John. Really excited about that. But we right now are wrapping up what we call our core practices, and we believe that we, as the people of God, are called to go make disciples. In fact, last week, Pastor Daniel walked us through a message that was kind of part one. This is part two. And here was the big truth from last week. So go ahead and put that up. I'll just remind you that disciples, that's all of us who name the name of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, are commissioned, we're commissioned to go make disciples. All of us. Nobody gets a pass. It's not based on your education level. It's not just the professional clergy. All of us, the body of Christ, are commissioned to go make disciples. So where'd you come up with that? Well, that's what Jesus said, right? Matthew 28, very familiar. Just look at that very quick. You don't have to look it up. Jesus said this as a reminder. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of Who? Just the folks in East Tennessee? No, 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 all the nations. And by the way, when Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, all the nations, that was us on the other side of the world. All the nations, baptizing them, that's what we witnessed this morning. That's the public declaration that I'm a follower of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, Somebody comes to Christ, they're a disciple, they grow in their relationship with Jesus, they are invested in, they're taught, they're in the body of Christ. That happens in a local church, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's the words of Jesus very clearly that we are called and commissioned to go make disciples. All of us, nobody gets a pass on that one. We said last week, every authentic Christian who has been reconciled to the Father through Jesus is a new creation with a new purpose to proclaim reconciliation through Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. Know God and make Him known. It's Very clear now. It's really easy, I think, sometimes for us to sit here and we hear that and it's, you know, go make disciples of all the nations. And we think, okay, I get that, Pastor Mike, and if God ever sends me over to the other side of the world and the nations, I'll start making disciples. Well, no, 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 that's not the idea here at all. This calling and commissioning to make Jesus known, to be speaking the gospel, begins right here where all of us live, where we work, where we play, where we live our lives. It involves every relationship in our lives. It involves those family members that don't know Christ. It involves those co-workers that don't know Christ. You have been placed where you are with the message of reconciliation to make Jesus Christ known. It changes the way you go to work changes the way you go to class, changes the way you choose your neighborhood, it changes the way you look at your life. We've com- been commissioned to do this, right? So what I'm going to do for the next few minutes before we get into our time of corporate prayer together, and we're going to break up in groups, and I'll walk you through that in a little bit. I want to get really down to the nitty-gritty of daily life. Okay, if this, if this is true, Jesus, you called us to make you known in every area life. What does this look like in my daily life? Now, let me ask the question this way that I think will help frame it for us this morning. How would you define a loving friendship? In other words, how would you characterize a loving friend? Or what would you say are the characteristics of being a friend? You may say stuff like this, and this is not wrong, it's right. Well, it's someone who's there for me. Man, I can call them anytime, any place. Friends are there for me, and you'd be right. You may say when I think about my friends, I think of those that I trust. We we have things in common. We hang out. We do stuff together. We have shared experiences together, and you'd be right. Webster's Dictionary defines it this way: a person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection, this friendship. Someone who loves me unconditionally is this friend. You know, thanks to social media, friend is no longer a noun. Now, friend is a verb, right? You could friend someone by a little click. Before you know it, you can have this list of friends and people who have friended you, and half of them, you don't even know them by sight, and they don't know you either. But you got this long list of friends. Here's the point, we live in a culture where the idea and understanding of friendship is really popular and important, but has become very low in our understanding of what it really means to be a friend. The challenge for us this morning as we really apply this practically, this principle of making Jesus known, it, it applies this way, the definition of true friendship, the only one that really matters is what does Jesus say true friendship is? Because as a follower of Christ who's been reconciled by the gospel, the way you see and live out friendship will be different as a follower of Christ because of Jesus in you. Now let me show you that from John chapter 15. Uh, John 15, we're going to start around verse 5. And you've been around Tri-Cities long enough. You probably know the context of John chapter 15. But quickly I'll remind you, Jesus is with his disciples. It's the night before he was crucified. He's left Jerusalem, the upper room. They're traveling to the Garden of Gethsemane. They, they pass down through what's called the Kidron Valley. It's a vineyard area. They're headed up the hill to the Garden of Gethsemane. A few of us in this church get to be there in a few weeks from now on our Israel trip that we take every two years. I can't wait. It's an incredible experience. But they're down in this little valley. Jesus has gathered his disciples around, and he's going to teach them some things that are really, really important to them. Here's what he says. He first teaches them what it means to relate to him. Verse 5, he says, guys, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Agricultural metaphors, easy to understand in that day. In other words, a vine is the source of nourishment, it's the source of energy, it's the source of life, it's the source of being sustained. The branch does not bear fruit if it's not vitally connected back to the vine. Jesus says, listen, you need to understand this relationship, the way it works. I'm the vine, you all are the branches. Your life, your source of energy, your well-being comes in this ongoing, dynamic, healthy love relationship with me. See, yeah, So he begins in this dynamic love relationship and then he goes on and he says, okay, let me describe how you relate to one another. Verse 12. Jesus says, This is my commandment to you guys that you love one another. How? Just as I've loved you. Wow. Now, I want you to see something here that's really important. We're building towards something here, so follow this. In other words, Jesus takes their understanding, maybe a cultural understanding of love, and he's going to take what the culture understands of love, and he's going to raise it up. He's going to raise it up to an eternal perspective and understanding of a much higher view of love. He says, you as followers of Christ are to love one another like I've loved you. In other words, a follower of Christ, because of Jesus in us, is able to manifest love that is light years beyond what you see in the world. Because of Jesus in us. See that? So he says, then I'm going to describe it. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus ratchets up the understanding of love again. So love is this love is a is a laying down of your life for the good of another. And here's what's beautiful about this. We know that Jesus not only taught this, Jesus lived it out. He's looking ahead to the cross when he would literally lay down his life We know 1 John that's written years after the cross. 1 John looks back at it and says, we know know love by this. That Jesus laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. In other words, Jesus defines love. I'm going to give you two big ideas that flow out of the big truth. Here they are. Here's your first one. Big idea number one. Love willingly sacrifices for the good of others. As followers of Christ, Christ in us, our definition of love should be light years beyond what we see in the world. Now hold on to that. Because I'm wanting you to get your minds around practically what does it look like to be a loving friend. Jesus is going to help us. So he continues on, verse 15. So he says to his disciples, he says, okay guys, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing our relationship relationship's taking a new going into a new realm of understanding guys the servants don't even know what their master is doing but i have called you what friends jesus says i've called you friends Jesus is going to use that label and that word that we use all the time. He says, guys, I'm calling you my friends. So what follows is how Jesus defines friendship. All those other things we said about friendship are true and accurate and good. Jesus is going to take it to the next level. He says, I call you my friends, middle of verse 15, for... That little word means that's the basis of everything I'm saying for all that i have heard from my father i have made known to you now this is this is tough jesus says listen i'm i'm using the word friends with you. I'm calling you friends, and the distinguishing characteristic of this friendship that I'm describing is, yes, it involves time. They spent time together. Yes, it involves hanging out together. You know, Jesus and his disciples spent time. Yes, and it means caring for one another. I was there when you met your needs. Yes, it means sharing experiences of all that they did together. Jesus says, but chiefly, watch this. It means that I share with you the love of my Father. I share with you truth that the Father has taught to me and Jesus says that's the way we define friendship and watch this for you and I that gets down into the practical nitty gritty of everyday living and here's the big idea that comes out of that I want you to see this and then we're going to move into a time of prayer big idea number two is this okay so then with all that loving friends loving friends make known the love of God to their friends so what this means practically for you and I as followers of Jesus Christ that list of people and that Maybe that group of names and faces that are going through your mind of people that you would either casually call a friend or that you would really say, man, they are my friends. And maybe you've been building relationships with them and they've been your friends for a month, a year, ten years. Jesus Christ says you can call them a friend, but you need to understand it is inconsistent. Watch this. It is inconsistent for a follower of Christ to have someone that they call a friend and have never shared the love of God with them inconsistent and I'll just tell you this week again we that's why we hold out this idea here at our church of share 1515 that's where it comes from it's the idea that we want God to develop a culture in us that we share the love of God with our family and our friends and it's not a part of our life it's the overflow of our lives I want you to think through that list of friends and people and even this week in preparing I'm cataloging through a list of people that I would say yeah man he's my friend She's my friend or or I would call them friend. And when you read this verse, you kind of have to put on the brakes and say, wait a minute. I have no right biblically to refer to that person as a friend if I'm refusing or have never shared the love of Jesus Christ with them or the message of the gospel. It's not loving because love means I'm working for their good. What is a better good than knowing the truth of the gospel? And it's not true friendship as Jesus describes it for the follower of Christ. Because we make known the love of God to our friends. That's challenging, isn't it? Challenging. So think of it this way. This helped me a little bit this week. I want you to imagine Jesus... For three and a half years walked on the earth and just pick a disciple. Let's just choose Peter. So for three and a half years he spends time with Peter and he walks with Peter and they spend time together. And they have shared experiences together. And Peter saw Jesus do some incredible things. And Peter knew there was something different about Jesus. And and for three and a half years, they walk along. But I want you to imagine, it gets to the end of the three and a half years. And Jesus, for three and a half years, has never told Peter who he really is. He's never shared with Peter about the cross that's coming and why why he came. Jesus has never shared with Peter, Peter, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me, Peter. And you get to the end of those three and a half years and Peter sees Jesus go to the cross. and He has to say, why didn't you tell me? Listen, I know what you're thinking. You think that'd be the most absurd thing in the world that Jesus for three and a half years would walk with somebody and not tell him who he is or not tell him about the love of the Father or not tell him the truth. Man, when I thought of that this week, I thought about all these friends and I I can list them in my head that I know don't know Jesus and I've known them for a year, six years, whatever, and if I've not shared Christ with them, I've not made known the gospel. Watch this. It's the same thing because Jesus is in me. And I've spent time and I've invested. And that's terribly convicting and challenging. Jesus raises the bar in our understanding of what true love is. And raises the bar on what true friendship is. So for us as a church, we're pleading. And listen, i got to tell you, as a church, we're growing in this. Man, over the past three to four years, we've seen the... The reality and us owning it that we are the disciple makers, us, all of us, we are his primary evangelistic tool, not the pastor. Not, we are. We're growing in that. Man, it's something to rejoice in, but we've got a long way to go. And I know what happens in moments like this when you create some tension, and that's the point by what Jesus said. Some of you come back and maybe you're thinking of some friends or you're thinking of some situations, and here's your question, or maybe your "Said, I'll just be honest, Mike, I, I, I'm not sure I even know how to do that. I, mean, I get what you're saying, and I, I've been born again, and Jesus is my Lord, and I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up, and I don't know how to start conversations, and I'm afraid, I'll, listen, you're not going to mess it up. He said, I'm not even sure how to do that. How do I get some help? Let me, let me challenge you with this. That's by design because we can teach all the classes in the world and we can have all the programs in the world. But until you as a follower of Christ get that appetite and you're in that place of tension and you realize, I've got to face that friend tomorrow and I love that friend and God's placed me in their life and I want to go share the gospel with them, I've got to learn how to do this. And there's that hunger in you and that appetite. That's a good thing. do we do this here? One way is through our life groups. Through our life groups, you know, on a regular basis, if you're in a life group, you're going to be challenged. How are you advancing the Great Commission? Who are you praying for? Who are you sharing with? We, We want that to continue to grow in our life groups. We've set up resources to be able to equip your life group guide and come into your life group and help you as a life group together grow in this. And I'm going to put our life group guides on the spot, ready? If you're a part of a life group, And you say, I'm not sure I know how to do this. I need some help. Go ask your life group guide. The life group guides are like, what in the world are you telling me?" And together you guys may say, you know what? We need to learn this together. And we have resources that are ready. We have people to come and equip you and come into your group. And we have resources to help you together as a group grow in this. You're not on your own. We have study groups set up and designed for this. We have resources online. And Pastor Jeff and our Go team, they've divided a ton of resources that are click away on our website. Go check those out videos and tools of conversation starters to be equipped to make known the gospel. I'll give you one more example. This Wednesday, we've started something new. It's called Beyond the Message. Uh, Daniel mentioned it last week. It's going to be every Wednesday at 6.30. It's going to be one of our study groups. Uh, Pastor Jeremy's leading us through that. But it's going to take the message from Sunday. And then we're going to flesh it out with Q&A and some extra stuff. And this Wednesday, we're going to talk about this together. uh, Starting gospel conversations. We're going to have some people who are sharing testimonies. We're going to have some tools to equip you. That's Beyond the Message every Wednesday, 6.30. This week, you say, I don't know how to do this. Come, we'll help you this Wednesday, 6 30. So with all this and this kind of burden and this challenge in our heart that Jesus gives us here, here's what we're going to do now. We're going to watch a video of an example, an awesome testimony here in the life of our church. And then following that video, we're going to have a season of prayer together. I don't want that to be awkward. I don't want that to be strange. I mean, we're just going to ask you to circle around as families or as individuals or however you want to do that. And I'm going to guide you to, through two or three things to pray. We're going to call out to the Lord together. We're going to have our little card and we're going to record our three names. I'll explain all that to you in just a few minutes. So you can kind of be thinking who you want to circle up with and pray. If you're a guest, you say, I, I'm really not comfortable. I don't know anybody yet. That's okay. You just kind of observe or just jump right in there with somebody and say, can I pray with you guys? I'd love that. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for a burden. We're going to pray for names, people by name that don't know Christ. and Pray that we continue to grow in this as a church. So I want you to take a look at this video, and then we're going to spend a season in prayer together. So go ahead and turn your attention to the screen.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Jake Beverly, and I want to tell you a little bit about sharing Jesus with my friend Isaac.
2: My life before Christ and the lifestyle I was living was just a lifestyle of sin, darkness, um, selfishness of spirit. I was completely knowing and okay with that negativity.
1: Isaac and I started working together a few months ago. I don't know, just for a couple days in the truck, we had a lot of conversations about uh, the Lord.
2: And that's literally where it started. It was just like a question he asked me about um, my salvation, you know. Do I believe in in Jesus and where has my life been? And where is it at concerning that? And it just kept going to like this big snowball effect. The flesh side of me was like, dude, you're bothering me. And I know that this is you being obedient to the Lord. And in my mind already, the Lord was working on me. Like your time's up living in sin. Literally coming to the point where I had to ask God, well, if this is what will bring my life peace, what will bring my life fruit beyond anything that I could do because it hasn't been working. Lord, help me. It it came to the point where Isaac asked me, do you think that I need to repent and put
1: faith in Christ? And I said, yeah, I think that, I think that you need to, I think you should.
2: After repenting and accepting that This is where I know I want my life to be with the Lord, and this is the process that I'm willing to take on moving forward with the Lord, not just just praying and adding them into my life, but actually reading the word and applying it. Um, On an outwardly, I had to proclaim and profess Christ. um, No better way than, than to be baptized other than telling someone, you know, I'm a Christian, where I knew that his love for me was greater than anything that I ever did and the consequences of that that he loved me that he sent christ down here to intervene and he knows christ knows everything that i was going through he understood it from the origin to the end of it and he has a place for me he has a mission for me he has a purpose for me
1: making disciples means we're going to meet someone with where they're where they're at and uh, engage them with the truth not just spout the truth at them and so we have to ask questions about them and ask them to interact interact with God's truth. Church, I guess if there was any way that I can encourage you in talking about the love of Christ with people, it's just that God has been working in someone long before you ever met them or or started talking with them about him. So you can be faithful to share exactly what he's doing in your life. You don't have to cloak it in metaphors or being vague. just frankly, about your relationship with the Lord and what
2: He's teaching you. My name is Isaac Jackson, and this is how I became a follower of Christ. Amen.
0: Isn't that cool? We rejoice in that. Just praise the Lord for that life change. Just thank Him for that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time praying together, just like we said. And it's going to look like this. i uh, just... Group up, twos, threes, fours, however you want to do. If you need to move around, that's fine. Uh, and then I'm gonna give you two or three different topics and somebody there in the group just kind of own it and start praying, you pray out loud, that's great. Love the, the chorus of God's people praying together. And then I'll give you another topic. And then the last one, I'm just gonna tell you, the last one we're gonna do is, I'm gonna introduce this little card to some of you. Some of you are very familiar with it. It's in the seat in front of you. This little card has a place where we're gonna record specific names your names of people in your life that you know do not have a relationship with Jesus. And we're going to pray for them by name. So we'll do that the last thing. But 1st just go ahead and kind of group up. kind to of move around, whatever you need to do to get a comfortable place. Again, if you're new, it's okay. You can just kind of observe or group up with a, uh, some friends there. And then here's what I want to ask you to pray for first. And again, somebody in the group, you can just kind of take this. And first one I want us to take just a couple minutes and ask the Lord to revive and renew our hearts to be uh, thrilled with the reality of the gospel (laughs) in other words we, we said before it's good news and sometimes as believers we forget that we have been taken from death to life that we were in darkness and we were dead and we were lost and we were hopeless and we've been redeemed and we are now part of a family and all those things that are true and out of that man when you When you're reminded that the gospel is good news, you can't, nobody can hold you back from sharing that. So just take a minute and pray, Lord, renew our hearts in the greatness of the gospel and what you've done, and energize us with the reality of the gospel to go make us known. So just take a couple minutes there in your group. Somebody can begin to pray, and then I'll give you something else. So let's spend a few minutes in prayer. Let me invite you to pray this way now, just in a continued posture of prayer there that it's a real prayer of honesty, that God would give you, us, a burden for the lost around you, because the reality is we can go through our days, and I'm talking to myself, and not even care, be real honest. Just challenged by these scriptures. Matthew 9, Jesus says, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus said some really sobering things. Pastor Daniel shared these with us last week. They've just been resonating in my head. Matthew 25, Jesus says, Those without Christ, they will go away to eternal punishment. Matthew 25, Jesus goes on, he says this, in Matthew 13, he says, this is how it'll be at the end of the age. The angels will come. They'll separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into a blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he comes back and says, have you understood these things? We said that last week, and it's just reverberated in my heart all week. Those words of Jesus, do we understand these things? I don't think we do. So just pray that God would give us and you a burden of heart that will compel us i've got to tell my friend about jesus i've got to let's just pray that way for a few minutes there in our groups so let me ask you to do this now if you'll just look this way for a moment there's a little tool for you and that's what it is it's just a tool a little card in the seat pocket in front of you and it's going to be perforated has some lines on there and everybody will just take one of those again many of you have used these before but this is simply a tool and there's three lines on one side three lines on the other you'll, you'll repeat the names and then tear it in half and I'm going to give you about a minute or two here in just a second to prayerfully say okay Lord I'm going to write some names down of people that I know in my life that don't know Jesus and then I'm going to take this I'm going to put it in a prominent place my Bible or wherever you spend a lot of time and just pray on a regular basis you'll take it to your life group Pray in your life group for some of these names. And then we're going to do something a little bit different. We did this the first service. I want you to see visually that you're not in this alone, that this is an us, the body of Christ, doing this together. So, just a minute when you finish, I'm going to invite you and you're going to tear it in half. You're going to keep one, you're going to bring the other, and you're going to lay it down here somewhere in the front, the steps or the stage. I mean, first service, there's just cards everywhere. The point of that is, I want you to see that you're in this with your brothers and sisters. First, just take a minute there prayerfully. Pens should be available for you. Write down those names on both sides, and then I'll come back with some further instructions. So take a few minutes and write down these names. finished with that you can obviously finish on your own time but here's what we're going to do now again there's a picture of the body of Christ this is us just a second I'm going to invite you if you don't want to do this it's fine you can just kind of watch and stay where you are but just to slip out from where you are come down and tear the card in half you keep one of them and just lay it along the front and then we're going to ask you to stay down here we're going to pray for one another Pray for one another to go out in boldness as a church family. So right now, I just want to ask you to stand up. Come on down. Take the car and just lay it down the front here as a church family. And just remain down front for a second. As you're coming, again, the idea is look around. You're part of a family. You don't bear this burden on your own. These are your brothers and sisters. Just take that card and lay it there on the stage somewhere, the steps or wherever. then put one in your pocket, hang on to it. And then when you when you do that, I'm going to do something kind of neat, I think. I'm not trying to create a Kumbaya moment or anything like that. I just want us to pray for one another. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray for this group. I mean, just imagine, just look around at this group that's going to be dispatched and sent out all over the tri-cities and to the ends of the earth. That's pretty awesome to make Jesus known. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray, and I don't want you to just listen to me. I want you to lift your eyes and pick out a brother or sister and pray for them as well. If If you don't know their name, you know, you can pray bro or sis. You know, the Christian, I don't know your name, but that's okay. Why don't you pray for each other? Pray for boldness. Pray for a deep conviction of the goodness of the gospel, and we have a burden for the lost. Just pray for one another. and Let me pray for you, and then we'll return to our seats. So you join me in praying over and for with one another, okay? So, Lord, I thank you for this family. Lord, I thank you for these brothers and sisters standing here right now, Lord. And I, I do ask you to give us a deep burden for those around us that don't know you. Lord, I pray that flows out of a heart of worship for you, that there's nothing more precious, nothing more valuable in our lives than King Jesus. Lord, I pray an abiding relationship for my brothers and sisters here, your life in us. I pray, Lord, that we would love one another as you have loved us. And Lord, I pray we would go to our friends or those that we know that do not know you and tell them, man, I just... I want to tell you the most important thing in my life is a relationship with Jesus. And God, can I explain how that works to you? Or give us courage, give us boldness, give us conviction and the opportunity this week to go make you known. To the names on these cards and Lord, those that we haven't even met, the Corneliuses, as it says on the card, that we haven't even met yet. We love you, we praise you, we need you. And all God's people said together, Amen. Amen. Church, thank you. You guys just be making your way back to your seats.